lovely. Lovely Colin Foy. He told me to say that, um, he said, I'll tell you something, a Fitbit, it changed your life. <laughs> he, we thought he lost it the other day. Oh, I just buy him one. There was fucking... What kind of Fitbit does he have? Wigs in the ground. I don't know. Is it like He's a big watchy one? It. It's like a little square, like it's like that on your I wrist. I might buy him a like super fancy watch. It has like a little. Uh, he got a he got a, bla- a new strap for it. Oh, um, it's very pretty. I don't really understand what the point of it is, but he keeps telling me how much he slept and when he yeah. woke up and when he farted and <laughs> the various things that his body does in his sleep. And I say to him, "How did you sleep?" And he doesn't go. I slept well. He goes, "Well, my Fitbit said." Oh God! I was like, "But how are you feel? Like the Fitbit can't give me your emotion. Just tell me how you're feeling." But he's obsessed with it. Someday the Fitbit will be able to tell you your. Emotion. It will. Bear will be like, I see you're unhappy. You yeah, should buy this. It'll have a little section where you stick a penis in. Yeah. <laughs> and but that's probably a thing in Japan. They have the most amazing shit over there. I can't wait to go and be in one of those boots. Those sex boots. Oh, I thought you were going to just say to go to Japan. I didn't know the sex boots. No, I'm desperate to go to Japan. <laughs> I also am desperate Sarah to go. Sarah wanted us to go to a love hotel. Just I'm FYI. <laughs> to go to a love hotel. And I, want and I was like, well, I don't know how this works. We're like, what? What do we? But don't you just rent it out for like an hour? Yeah. So what do we do? We just go and have a look. Don't <laughs> have weird teams. Just <laughs> <laughs> so have a look. <laughs> like, have a look at what? There's a bed. No, but there's other things. Like what? So I'm obsessed with them. Obsessed with them. <laughs> like I want to start a blog about What's them. What's the theme? What's which? So there's those different themes. Okay. Right. I want to get like the weirder, the better. Like tentacles there's like robots and tentacles there's medical there's bdsm medical yeah like medical like the room set up like a hospital no no. i don't know why anyone would want to be into that but do you know what each their own fair play i was just about to say but sure don't you just go and sleep that's not what people do in those hotels i don't know why i think people go and sleep some people it it is it can be it can be like an hour to be like i'm going to bed for an hour i'm exhausted yeah but also all of the things in it i'm obsessed with this uh, concept of it it's hot horrible but like all of the body wash and the shower and the shampoo have no scent scentless because if you have an affair you go home and you don't smell like yes um, like you've had a shower like you've been when came home I'd be like one new shower once a week (laughs) so when did you have a shower this is don't be saying that (laughs) it's true (laughs) Um, Um, I do often say to Graham like when was the last time you had a shower because he smells it's just because I can't remember seeing him get Actually in the shower and he go to me uh I don't know because I thought I think about showering a lot. And it, like when actually, I'm working, well, he go to, to me. I'll go. Uh, I have one tonight. Because <laughs> that's how you know that he asked it a while. Um, I just I, this is I'm going to make a selfish statement. I just want this pandemic to be over so we can go to Japan. Yeah, no, me too. And that's a selfish statement. Yeah. And I'm just making. Heard it. you know what? But over two million people got vaccinated that's in America great. yesterday. That's good. In one day. Feel the bus. Feel the bus. That's excellent news. Israeli vaccination. Oh, they're pretty much done, aren't they? Nearly done. And they have said now that if you have come into contact with someone with COVID but you've been vaccinated, you do not have to quarantine. Fantastic. Because the research on the ground is stating that the vaccine works. They have swabbed people's nose and they have like 400 times less covid particles in their nose than they did previously so it means that the vaccine's working yay this um, is all good news the next big drop that we all need to happen and the sooner the better is the johnson and johnson one yes so when the johnson and johnson one happens it doesn't need full freezing logistics uh-huh. like the current yeah ones. yeah yeah um so it means that you just go to your gp's office and you get it and get it 
Um, and on. this today, eighty-five year olds start to get vaccinated in the Republic of Ireland. That's good. We're very finally, much behind. Finally, our Jesus, we really are. Um, but and listen, then what was the other country? I see New Zealand's uh, gone back into lockdown. The biggest city in New Zealand's gone back into lockdown yeah, again. They only had like three cases. Three they're cases. just super cautious. But that's what they're, they're. To be perfectly honest, that's how they fucking got to where, where they've they gotten. Like, yeah. they're they had taking, a concert. They had a concert. I was, you know, what do you think is going to happen the day that like... I don't know how we're all going to just go to a place where there's loads... I was in Lidl the other day and I was like, don't touch me. Yeah. And now the thought of being like in a in a room with like a thousand people is so alien. Like it's gone. We haven't mm. done this and so... And we were meant to go to Bikini Camp. And we were meant to go to Shit, Idols. Should we get money back to our tickets? No, because they haven't cancelled it. Oh, but they will. I don't know. We're going. It's not till May. So, I mean, there's a possibility that France might I get this. I fraudulently <laughs> book some dental appointments. Did you see that? I saw that doing? what people were doing. There's that guy as well. I was reading about a guy who went to the airport and the guards were like, where are you going? Where are you going? And he was like, I'm going to, uh, I can't remember, Tenerife or Mercy. Tenerife. Tenerife. He was like, and I'm going to be working. I'm working from home. I work remotely. And then they found out that he like rented a house in Tenerife just to live there. And... Uh, he can work from Ireland but he chose to work from Tenerife so they find him anyway and I was like but he's working but they were like it's because it's not essential and he can work remotely from Ireland he's choosing to go to Tenerife so they were like you're not you're getting fined and he was like fine and just left well he booked he fucking rented a house for like four months in Tenerife so he clearly has money do you know what I mean but he was they fined him 500 euro and he was like alright okay and people are just taking the fines yeah the guard people are just like late, yeah, just, just give me the fine I don't care the guard commissioner I think was on the late late on Friday and he was saying um, people don't give a fuck no they don't oh Tuberty they couldn't give a shit no they don't give a fuck like, that's an exact quote <laughs> like also our guard commissioner is from Northern Ireland and doesn't sound but yeah like they're just like people are just being like yeah it's 500 euros I'll pay it off and you don't have to pay it in a lump sum do you not have to pay it in a lump sum no you can pay it off so people are like yeah grand just people are like I'm going to go but they're trying to up it to two grand I think they are going to up it to two yeah, grand so I mean I'm, I'd, yeah. I don't care if it was two grand I'd still pay it in drips and drabs <laughs> I'd go to Garda station every week and pay a euro here's a tenner there you go no not tenner <laughs> a euro 50 cent a week yeah. but yeah like people are I think people are at the end of their rope at this point so they're just booking holidays which is stay in your gaff the guard I got stopped by the guards going to work did you? yeah uh, during the day where are you going and what's the means if you're travelling? Well, he, I rolled down the window and I said, hey, guard. And uh, I love the way you said that's what my mother says to guards. Hello, guard. Hey, guard. <laughs> I didn't say hey. I said, how's it going, guard? And uh, what you call it? I had my badge Your for language, work around yeah. my neck and I had my high vis on. And he's like, oh, I can see you're a busy woman. Off you go. Oh, really? I said to him, I swear to you so I can go through these. <laughs> <laughs> he just started to laugh at me. <laughs> you're like my mom. My mom says, hello, guard. How are you, guard? And she panics if she sees a guard. Oh, no, she immediately panics. I'm like, why are you panicking? I, immediately, I do the how are you, guard thing because the instinct is for me to go, Pig. Pigs. <laughs> Be like, um, we do, but that uh, was really nice because um, I'd gone to the bakery for work and I had like honestly I had 47 cream donuts <laughs> back in the car. so I turned back around at the roundabout and gave the guards some donuts Oh, and then you came to this podcast and talked shy about them well they are shy they're shy <laughs> do you know what they're really good at doing stopping people at checkpoints they are they're not good at solving murders but like we didn't remember we went to town and they were like we should be ah whatever we went to town and uh, 
We went well, in we got, and out of time and there was two checkpoints and we didn't get stopped once. No, the checkpoints are just set up for the luck. Yeah, I was like, they're um, not going to stop and us. A town is within, it's just over five kilometres. Oh, is it? Yeah, like oh. very minimally. Okay, well that's... It's within five kilometres and we just drove into town and drove back. And drove we back out. Well, yeah. we got out of the car and walked down Grafton Street. And got like a, you a got croissant. Your croissant. Croissant. That was a medical emergency. Sarah needed a cheese and ham croissant. If anybody from this podcast listens, or lives in Dublin... <laughs> And knows the ham and cheese croissants from Stephen's Green Shopping Centre. Damn, no. Why you needed to go? I had to go. I was, on a, <laughs> I was in a deep mental traumatic you go, state. You do, you do that thing where you're like, and she never buys one. She buys two. Yeah, no, you need two. You need two. She needs one for breakfast and then she needs one for lunch. And I, <laughs> sometimes I have that one for dinner. Because the one for breakfast is very heavy. I work very hard to keep body. <laughs> Right, you love them though. You I love them. You love them I, so much. They remind like, me. Like I don't think I've ever seen. Like I've seen you on your wedding day, and you're not as happy <laughs> as when you're sitting with a fucking ham and cheese croissant. They remind me of being, like they remind me of like some of the happiest times of my childhood. Yeah, you are obsessed with them. Um, there used to be one in the Ilac Centre, and it was called La Croissanterie. Yeah, La Croissanterie. It's still there. No, it's not. No, it's gone. Oh, it's gone. I thought it was still there. Um, and there used to be one up the top of Jervis Centre as well. Yeah. Beside the KFC. And whenever I went into town with my mum... You got one of them? We used to get one of them and we used to sit at the lift to Dawn's in the Ilac Centre. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the floor and I used to eat them and they made me so happy. They make Lily happy. Lily's the same. She loves them. Lily used to say to me, Ma, can we go and get a croissant? Can we get a croissant? And I'd say, yes, we can. A croissant. Um, I do absolutely love them. Anyway, welcome to this week's episode. Hello everyone, th- episode 35. Uh, episode 35. Episode 35. Madness. Madness. 35 episodes. Fair They're shite. Fair, Fair play to you for hanging on. Sticking this out. I mean. As long as you did. We've come to no conclusions about anything. Nope. This that. is pretty too. Penny's. Um, Remember when we could go to Penny's? This is like a Gucci rip. Oh, it it is a Gucci rip. far from Gucci rip. I know, but like, you know what I mean. I remember those, oh my God, remember those headbands when you were a kid and you get your name in the jelly writing on top of them? No. In the jelly glue? There was no joy in my life and as a child. <laughs> you get them at like fun fairs and stuff. They'd I've write, never been to a fun fair. Mosley. Oh, here, I put up a thing the other day. I have to send it to you. It's a picture of, you know that ride that was at uh, oh, our parents didn't give a fuck about us. Did you? Did you I see put that, that up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, but did you see the railing in the middle of that ride? Yes. <laughs> and I was messaging somebody, oh, right? Because I put it up on Instagram, and then somebody was like, um, <laughs> "I used to love that thing. Was it the Wall of Death? I think it was something like that. That was the best crack. And you would literally be like, I am hanging on by a tether. So it was this. Our parents didn't give a fuck about us. And it's like, I don't know what they're called. It's not like an anti-gravity thing or something. You get like stuck to the wall. You're literally like, because it's going so fast. Right. And then she was like, the best thing ever. And I wrote back being like, look at the fence. Literally every ride in Butlins and she was saying that she was telling her daughter about it <coughs> and I said can you imagine I wouldn't even think about putting Lily anywhere near them our yeah. parents were like here's a pound I'll be in the pub <laughs> literally we used to go to Butlins and my dad be like here's a pound <laughs> off you go off you go onto the um, wall of death there where you're clinging for dear life and she was like ah sure it was a different world I said do you remember the swimming pool with the glass underneath yep. that looked directly into, into the, the pub, pub. Yep. in Butlins so your parents could watch you slowly <laughs> drown and then I said Slowly drowned with a Bacardi and Coke. <laughs> I was like, I'm actually crying laughing at myself. I was in my office thinking about it, dying laughing. Um, and she was like, I saw that one on TV, but I've no memory of it. I um, and I said, yeah, because you had responsible parents. Yeah. That fucking swimming pool where you just be like, 
in the window. No, you wouldn't be waiting while you talk about <laughs> you. Pull- what do you mean pulling each other's pants down? We didn't do that, Sarah. Oh my God, the minute someone walked past the window, <laughs> it's called being cacked. Cacked them. We didn't do that. And then you'd mush their testicles up against the glass. Or their arse, whatever. You know you're from fucking Dublin. Yeah, this is true. Um, I used to love going to Mosley. Mosley was great crack. Um, Mosley was so unhygienic. That swimming pool was disgusting. The rides were... It was horribly unhygienic. But I had the best time in Mosley. We went to Poeli. Have you ever been to Poeli? Poeli is not Wales. Poeli's in Wales. Wales. No, we got the boat, right? Get the boat. And we went with the Irish dancing with Michaela. Oh, cool. Um, and uh, a whole load of us. It was like a big thing. The Irish dancing club. We all dee got dee on the boat. Dee dee the dee day dee before we got on the boat, my dad showed me Jaws. Oh God, that's not good. Me and Richie sat shit in, your pants. in the like little round hole. In it. we went on a standalone line, right? <laughs> on Sea Cat, and they had like a soft play area. Yeah. And me and Richie sat in the little like, little round windows, just like looking. We're like where's Charles? Like being like oh, this is it. Uh, Richie got Richie went missing. Jesus Christ. We were in Poeli like a couple of hours, and Richie just was gone. Ran away. And he was honestly no more than like five. Oh my god, he was a baby. Do you know where I found him? Where? On the Mexican hat. <laughs> the Mexican the hat? The Mexican hat! Oh my god. And he was had gotten on Jesus. beside people right. and the attendant thought he was part of that family. <laughs> like, away you go, so sir. they were like, away you go. I looked up and I was like, Richard! <laughs> and he was just like hanging on for dear life. He was so little. And then when he, like the fella, because the fella could see, like me and my mum were like, Richard! Like, and the fella that was beside, was like trying to like be like oh is he yours <laughs> they're like swinging around the Mexican hat and then um, it stopped and the guy was like Richie tried to run off yeah. Richie was like I'm not going back to them this shit yeah I want to be free and um, the guy grabbed him and brought him over and he was like I'm so sorry I didn't realise and like blah 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 and Richie was like you little rat <laughs> um, Jesus the Mexican hat yeah he, oh he was the worst Richie'd be gone Gone. Shit. Um Yeah. I beloved Twelly. I and I remember hearing the Welsh accent for the first time. That's a that's an accent. And being like It's lovely. Deeply I into it. I love the Welsh accent, I think it's beautiful. Like so into it. A man rang me in work a couple of days ago and he had a Welsh accent. He had a little Welsh accent. He's a very t- he was had a really Welsh surname too. And I immediately was like, I don't know what you look like, but, <laughs> but I, you're attractive to me I right now. Um absolutely I'm into it. here for it. I'm into it and I love the Welsh accent. It's so pretty. It is very pretty. Um I wonder do they feel like that about it. Because I, I think Irish accents are horrible and I know everybody else is like, Oh, are you good? whenever we go anywhere, are you guys from Ireland? I mean America, that's what I mean by that. Are you guys from Ireland? But I think it benefits us when they say that. Oh, just you, you get away things. with a lot of shit when you're Remember Irish. Remember they were like, are you from England? You're wearing white boots. And oh, I was like, what? How is that relevant? I was like, what two the fuck Two plus happening? two equals seven, love. And she was like... Um, she was nice, though. She wanted then, to let us know that she was friends with very wealthy people. Oh, she was just repeatedly. kept dropping then she gave us free but sweets. But that happens to us all the time. But she gave us free sweets. She did give us... We were in Dylan's, by the way, Good people. woman. She gave us free sweets. Um, and she was like, Andy Warhol's bedroom was downstairs. This used to be his house. And I was yeah. like, do you think Andy Warhol would be fucking delighted that's being turned into a Dylan's? I don't think you know anything about Andy Warhol. A fucking Dylan. I would have loved to went down there. Oh, she was. She was him and him and Han about it. I would love to go down there now. She was like, do you know who owns Dylan's? And, and I was like, no. Nope. Not an idea. I was who like, why do you keep talking about your boots? Your man's daughter. Why haven't you paid me any attention? <laughs> I'm here too. <laughs> your, who's your man? The designer. It's his daughter. Ralph Lauren. Ralph Lauren, yeah. Um, his daughter owns 
Dylan's, Dylan's candy. I'll tell you what, but she does beautiful jellies. We 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 got a lot of her jellies. We, yeah, I was I was Swedish like, I was remember like she was like, do you like watermelon? And she was like, giving yeah. us stuff. We were like, what's happening here? I was like, here, Delirious. I'm here too. We were delirious. I'm here too. We were getting free stuff too. What are you talking about? She's only a she gave it to both of us. And um, we went to that Korean barbecue place. That was fucking beautiful. Oh, I remember when we could go places, go places, have a good time. This is my song for this moment. Do you got any um, housekeeping? I have an idea. Go on. I was thinking about starting an app specifically, a dating app specifically for the pandemic. Explain. I don't really understand. No, but I just had the idea and I have nothing else beyond that. Okay, so you've no premise. So I have no app. premise. All I know is that like, Well, now people are going to rob the idea. Uh, I don't care. I don't have the The I 12 people that listen to this podcast. I don't have the attention span for anything, but just as someone um, out there How would it work? App. I don't know. You just... Would you go on a walk? This fellow I work with, I told you, you so he's gone on like tin, not tin, which one is, Tinder. I don't know, Tinder? Tinder? Tinder for the straight people. Tinder's for the straight people, Grinders for gay dudes. Is Grinder only for gay dudes? Yes, yeah, just for gay Where did the lesbians go? I don't know, I'm presuming, but she, I was reading the other day, there's a, a dating app uh, called Bumble, which is like, um, so this is where I got the idea from my dating app, but it's okay. not going to work. So there's a dating app called Bumble, so how it works is, which I think is a really good idea, you set up an account. You go buzz and they go buzz. buzz. You women can only message men first. Men can't message women. So no random dick pics? So you can't, you can, well they can send it after you message them obviously. But like you can only be like, I'm interested in talking to you. So, and the girl who set it up, uh, just became a billionaire. What? She just, be, just became a billionaire. Yeah, last week. Do you have to pay? Uh, yeah, you can, you can. I'm talking very loudly. You can pay, um, like you know, you know games on phones where you buy add-ons. What is this? <laughs> right now you're doing. Yeah, games, this is yeah. very cute on you actually. This, this hairband. Uh, you can buy add-ons. I think you can do that with Bumble. But oh. yeah, I just what's the add-on? I don't know. There's the filter that makes you look better. Yeah. Oh, and because I, I was reading about her, she seems really cool. And uh, they were saying that when you set up the account, so it's face face. You can't set. The, they take a picture of your face, so you have to put the phone to your face like that, and it takes a picture, and then all your other pictures have to match that some way. Oh. Or they don't let you put the picture up, so they're trying to avoid um, catfish. Catfishing. Where she just became a billionaire. That's amazing. Mm, so and she's a billionaire. Now. A billionaire lady. She what have we like done with our lives? Uh, Everyone's watching. I don't, thank See you. Much. We got uh, we got our two thousand followers on Instagram. What? That's housekeeping. Housekeeping. Yeah. We got our two thousand followers. So thank you to everybody that follows us because that's awesome. That's it's, amazing. Yeah, we're over two thousand now, which is I missed. I just missed when we got two thousand. By the time I checked, we were two thousand fifteen or something. But uh, thank hey, you. Listen, all you fifteen people, fuck off. <laughs> just so follow us. So we get can, us back to So we can screenshot the two thousand. <laughs> but uh, and yes. then come back. Come back then. But yeah, no, thank you very much to everybody that follows us on Instagram. Um, I have no other housekeeping. Are we any further on the Patreon? <laughs> Colin's done an episode. And it is fucking hilarious. It is Did you listen funny. to it? It is very it's funny. It's so funny. I don't know what you're on about, um, me and my uh, lyrics. Because you do that all the... Do you not know you do that? Do what? <laughs> Literally do it. Oh, that's Graham Letty. You'll be singing a song and you'll just make up a full line that's randomly not in the song and I'm like where's she going with this, this is my- and then you'll always go like this that's not the lyrics <laughs> <laughs> like afterwards you're aware you're like mm, no. and you were singing uh, Que Sera, and you were like in the car you were like will I be sexy and I was like that's not in the song <laughs> that's what I do it just makes me laugh every time 
why. I love it. Um, you know, it's it's actually very it's funny. It's very, very funny. It is actually um, very, very funny. The very pins good. are here. So actually, we just need to set it up. We'll just do the Patreon. We'll just set it up then. Yeah. yeah. Um, we set up a Patreon and then you give us money. Money, please. <laughs> Listen, we want to be billionaires like the lady from Make Bumble. Make us the lady Bumble lady. We lady want to be Bumble. the Bumble lady billionaire. Here, it matches the bees thing. Oh, People are really into the bees. People love bees. Yeah. I found a beautiful mid-century tea set today that's glass with bees on it and it's beautiful. How much was it? 175 euros. From where? Etsy. I'll buy a free from Lansing. You will not be silly. With all of my money um, from the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll set up, we'll do the Patreon because we have the, we'll just have to set up sending the pins. So when you join or pay the thing, when you when pay, you join, when you join. Here, I'll talk now. You do, because okay? I don't understand. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I panic about it. I don't understand. Here, before you come and do this job interview, I'm going to talk to you about how you do them. Because this isn't how you do them. <laughs> I don't understand. Um, so when you join the Patreon and you sign up, you then get a um, piece of merchandise. We just have to figure out what the subscription fee is going to be. We'll also, on our Patreon, we'll have a link uh, to potential discount codes for our merch. Okay. And also we'll have like, me and Colin will do videos because Emma refuses to be on screen because she's such a drama queen. I'm going to send nudes. Uh, <laughs> This. Just like the, the shot in between your arms, so it looks this, like an arse. Just a snipple. Remember, people used to do that. In here, take a picture here. Just this. Nipple. Send that to him. I like the snipple more than this nipple. Well, both nipples should be different. So for this, see, I get a picture on my left nipple. Um. Uh. Yeah. Fiber. So that's how the patron will look in and about. And then Colin was talking about doing additional. Yeah, he wants. Well, he's going to put up his songs from each week. Yes. So he's going to put them up. And but then I there was something else he was talking about doing. Who knows with Colin? Who knows? He'll, he'll do something. The inside of Colin's brain is like no one else's. It's insane. It's brilliant. So he'll, he'll do some Colin stuff. Colin down the road the other day. <coughs> I told you giving a socks? Well, Graham said he was driving down the road and he was like, look at that fella having the time of his life. <laughs> Colin. And then, and then he was like, oh, I know him. And then he was like, oh, it's Colin. <laughs> Colin um, like gives it socks when he, he goes running and he is the funniest run I've ever seen in my life. He was like this. <laughs> what the fuck is this he's running beside me the other day and I was like stop please and is he, he like stop. Phoebe when she runs he's, not, he's really like he's all compact he's like oh, oh very good but he's doing really well he Colin runs amazing. every single day it's that amazing. Fitbit is really Fitbit's uh, making his life better making his but life that's the, that's the Patreon Sarah told you yes have I you got any um, recommendations oh what have I been watching no but I got that Britney documentary we should watch it oh yeah we gotta watch that all I've been watching is um Oh my god, sorry, this is so funny. What? A girl that follows us on Twitter, she just tweeted us. Actually, that's not true. She tweeted us 11 hours ago, but I'm really bad at keeping up with it. Um, She said, could I please ask you for an unusual favour? One of my most favourite people in the world introduced me to this podcast three weeks ago, and since then we've both been hooked and huge huge fans. Would you guys please be able to call her and call her a cunt? (laughs) (laughs) She absolutely loves that. I don't know if we call her but what we could do is send her a voice is message is send her a voice message if she give, she ask her tell her to give us her number and we'll yeah. send her a voice message um, oh I had something to say now. It's gone sorry no no it's gone out of my brain it's, I was probably going to go out of my brain anyway there was something I was doing watching oh I'm not really into YouTubes and the YouTubers it's not my thing but I've been watching this girl's videos oh you sent me these and I really like her and her name is everybody knows who this is because I'm ancient and obviously I don't know anybody her name is <laughs> why am I the way I am why are you <gasps> it's Pancake 
Tuesday tomorrow. It is Pancake Tuesday tomorrow. I made pancakes yesterday. Um, What's the girl's name? Her name is Joanna Spicer. And she's... I love watching her videos. Like... It's really calming or something. Because she does those things where she's like, my daily routine. And I'm like, it's going to be boring. And it's not boring. She's just walking around the house feeding her cats and doing her hair. Why and I'm like... Do, why don't we do these I'm things? Because like, you won't be on video. I'm obsessed with this. And then the other day she did a thing where she cleaned out her wardrobe and she got rid of all the clothes that don't fit her anymore. And I'm 100% doing that. Because it's good for your mental health. You don't health. have any clothes that don't I fit me. I have you. so many clothes that don't fit me anymore. You and have I'm like, too many clothes. I'm throwing them all out. But yeah, Joanna Spicer, if you ever feel like watching, uh, she's very cool. And she does makeup videos as well, which I'm not really into. But like her videos where she talks about like her mental health or her life or just random stuff is very, very good. And um, it calm you down if you're having a bad day. I watch clay cracking videos. Sarah watches clay. <laughs> I watch soft clay and I watch hard clay. Just I watch cracking slime. Oh yeah, me and Graham were in bed during the night and I was watching him and he was like, I kind of see why you do this. Oh, I totally I, When I go it. through my Instagram, because it's the only thing I look at, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. mainly on my feed and at night in particular. And then I do be, I hold the phone like this and Graham just be lying here and I do be like that and then I'm like, because <laughs> <laughs> I fall asleep. So the phone is like fall. But isn't that good though, that that helps you It go does to help me fall asleep. Yeah. But it's not very good for you to be looking at your phone no. that day and I... Don't look at your phone. Do, do you know what? Do whatever the fuck you want. I don't whatever. care anymore. Listen, live your life. Um, Trump's not getting impeached. Oh, shocker. Yeah. I still, because I was reading the other day, people were like, maybe. And I was like, he's not getting impeached. He's 100% getting acquitted. Like, there's no way. Because if they impeach him, then all the people that were around him. Also, they'd have to admit that they were wrong. Yes. And Republicans will not do that. Yeah. And the rare ones that do, you should look at that tried to get rid of, uh, what's her name out? Because she voted to impeach him. Um, that politician she's a famous father anyway I can't remember her name they tried to vote her Julia Louise Dreyfus Julia Louis Dreyfus <laughs> Senator Julia Louis Dreyfus if Julia, Julia Louis Dreyfus was a senator I would absolutely vote for her if I was in America also she's so beautiful she is like Elaine Bennis is one of the greatest characters of all time oh Seinfeld's coming to Netflix in June there you go yay you'll binge watch it I will I fucking love Netflix or Seinfeld um even though it's deeply problematic, but still, everything is deeply problematic. What's problematic about it? Oh, when you watch back on it, you're like, oh, I shouldn't be saying things like this. And like the whole idea, like, there were no black, they had no African-American characters in that television no. show, except for one or two. And one of them was just like this guy who parked the cars in the neighborhood and was crazy. Like they didn't, like New York City, and there were no African-American characters. Well, friends. Same. And then all of a sudden towards the end they were like, oh, we better get one in well, there. Well, that guy that plays Ross, I've never, you know me, I don't know anything about Friends. Yeah. Um, it's like one of those shows that I just have never watched. Yeah, you've never cared about, yeah. It's not for me. My dad used to watch it all the time. He used to irritate it's shit back, me. Do you know what it is? It's background television. Oh, my dad used to, it used to be on, Friends used to be on like Monday on RT. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my dad lie in bed and watch it in the, in the day. when I'd have a great time, so we would. be like, Get up, you lazy fuck, and stop watching this shit. Um, and he'd be like, oh, it's Gus. Ross is hilarious. Um, but that guy that plays Ross, he's apparently the the person that brought in, essentially, He was like, you need to bring in something. Because and his ridiculous. girlfriend was one of his love interests. Yeah, she was African-American. Yeah. I can't remember her name. But yeah, she's a comedian, that girl. Is she? Mm-hmm. She's Not a comedian funny. and she's a, she's a TV presenter, I think. Have you watched any of her comedy? Women aren't funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> This has been the 35th and last episode. This is of it. Murder We're going out with a bang. We this was all an absolute ploy. <laughs> There's a I ruse. fucking hate women. A ruse. And men are great. <laughs> the fucking. They, they've got bigger brains than us. It's science. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Do you remember that used what to be on. What is happening right now? <laughs> Do you remember that used to be on. Remember that um, Harry Enfield and Friends? Harry. Yeah. That used. That skit. 
Do you remember that black and white skit that used to Oh do? my god, yeah, 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 yeah. That used to... Fuck, yeah. Wind <laughs> me up as a kid. <laughs> it's amazing how quickly I get wound up with stuff like that as well. What? Oh. And then I do this thing where I pretend it's not winding me up, but it's easy. Oh no, that used to wind me up. And my dad used to be like, it's, it's, fun. it's only a bit of a laugh. It's not a laugh, like, it's misogyny. No, it's misogyny. Fuck everyone. Oh. Anyway. Happy I Christmas. I think you should keep this hairband. Okay. Someone said on Instagram the other day that when we finished the episode the other day, last week, uh, I said the other day twice, last week, um, she was devastated because we didn't say happy, you didn't say happy Christmas, but then you got it in just at the end. <laughs> like Do she'll I say it every week? Yeah, you said it every week. Happy She's Christmas. like, I thought you were going to say happy Christmas and then it just came in at the end, just called and just called it out. You were like, happy Christmas. Attention feminists. Murder Most Irish merchandise available now from teespring.com. Plain, boring old tea's getting you down. Hey, does your huddy scream funny duddy spruce up your wardrobe with brand new and improved MMI apparel exclusively from teespring.com don't be a mug buy one of ours like to steal things conceal your identity at the local shop and go with a kooky face mask be the swingingest crazy bag lady on the block with our organic totes murder most Irish merchandise at teespring.com for all your murder feminist needs Teespring.com is a third-party company. All stock manufacturing, purchases and refunds are handled exclusively by them. Any queries should be directed to www.teespring.com. I'm going to do the Stardust tragedy. Okay. I know something about this, but I don't know a lot about this. Do you know what? I, know, I knew something about it. I know it, the bare bones, I think. But there's actually like tons of bits and pieces. And it's <clears> very <throat> important for like what it did to health and safety and regulations... But also, I will, like, say that it's, like, absolute trigger warning because, like, I go into detail in this and it is utterly upsetting. Yeah, okay. Um, and while I was writing it, I was upset. Okay. Um, so the start of this tragedy is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get into why we're doing it on a murder podcast. Okay. Okay, so the building which housed the Stardust was built in 1948. It was initially a food factory operated by Scott's Food Limited. And in 1978, the owners of the Scott's, uh, the Butterley family, converted the premises into an amenity centre, consisting of a bar, the Silver Swan, a function room, the lantern rooms and the nightclub, the Stardust. The club premises consisted of a dance floor, a stage, two bars, two seating alcoves, the North Alcove and the West Alcove, and there was also tables and chairs on the dance floor area. Um, and the West Alcove area had enough seats for 280 patrons. The Stardust venue was the biggest venue in the North Side based in Kulak. It was hugely popular and some big bands and had performed there, including the Specials and all popular bands on the Dublin scene at the time. It was also a spot for underage teenagers and it was a spot for all genres of music were played and catered for all different types of scenes. Valentine's Night was a big event at the Star- Stardust and it was February 14th, 1981, there was over 800 young people had gone for a disco dancing competition. Disco dancing. And it was the final of the competition as well. So this number varies in multiple different like reports. So some people say there was over 700. Some people say there was 840. Jesus, there were so many people. There was a lot of people. There was 841 patrons gathered in the nightclub for the St. Valentine's Eve disco event. And the owners had been given a special exemption order to serve alcohol between 11 and 2 a.m. In order for the exemption to be given, the event was billed as a dinner dance. Okay. Okay. 
So we're going to go straight into the details now of how the fire is said to have appeared or started. The fire occurred on February 14th, 1981 at around 1.30am with multiple patrons noticing the fire in different locations and times within the nightclub. So it's really odd. So behind the alcoves where the people sat, there was curtains that looked into a different room. And people were like looking at the fire. What? Because it wasn't that big and they thought it was just going to get... Put out. Yeah. So like different people at different times see the fire in different places. What the fuck? But unbeknownst to the people in the club, the entire roof of the like building is essentially up in flames. But there's a floor between them and the roof. I'm going to go into the detail Jesus, there. I didn't know that at all. Yeah. That's insane. Dude. So like... There's multiples of between from like one thirty to one forty five a.m. Right. It's like a fifteen minute period where multiple people say they see the fire at different points and people are like looking at the fire. They're not leaving because it's small and it doesn't look big and they think that someone's just someone's going to come along and put and it out. Put it out and okay. it's not in the room they're in and the room they're in is huge. Like this site is huge. We'll put the pictures up when we put it up. Yeah. So. With multiple patrons noticing the fire in different locations at different times within the nightclub and above the dance floor. So above the dance floor, there is a storage room that was not in the plans. So it's not um, on the plans into the roof. And two employees noticed a small fire start in the corner near a socket. Okay. This room is full of paint cleaning products, consumables for facilities and are all highly flammable. The non-planning permission compliant first floor storage room contained dangerously flammable materials, including the one above, but also including 45 gallon drums of cooking oil. Oh, Jesus Christ. The blaze apparently started after a fire on the roof from the storeroom came through the roof tiles. So that's the storeroom and that's above the dance floor. And then above the storeroom is the ceiling. It's essentially the roof of the building. Right. So, um, the blaze apparently started after a fire on the roof from the storeroom came through the roof tiles and emerged into the nightclub's west alcove, which is banked by a seating area, falling onto the back rest at the top of the seating bench, which is covered in PVC coated polyester fabric. But behind that, there's a curtain. Jesus so there was like one woman who said she couldn't, she just said she felt warm. So she didn't feel like there's the fire. She, she couldn't like see a... it and she couldn't smell it. She just felt she the heat. Smell it. No. Um, the West Alcove had near enough seats to fit 280 people. Fuck. And the fire was observed by a lady who was sitting in front of the West Alcove. She noticed an increase in temperature, but she didn't smell smoke. Okay. But she And she also didn't see the fire. The fire then spread... To the tables and chairs and the patrons then began to notice smoke and smell burning. The fire was very small at first when it was seen in the ballroom. By 1.45am a ferocious burst of heat and thick black smoke started to quickly come from the ceiling above them. Causing the material in the ceiling to melt and drip onto the top of the patrons and any other highly flammable materials including the seats, the carpet tiles and the walls. The fire flash over enveloped the club and the entire club went into the pitch black. So this is a nightmare. Because the lights went off. This is a fucking nightmare. So 
the, the fire essentially is coming from above them. So it's fu- everything's falling down. And they don't know. Oh, dude. Goosebumps. So, the room became black, pitch black, and this caused mass panic as patrons began desperately looking for escape. The DJ announced that there was a small fire and requests of a calm evacuation. Antoinette Keegan, who lost her two sisters, Mary and Martina, in the tragedy, said the details of what happened on February February 14th, 1981 are imprinted in my head. Antoinette recalled seeing the fire when she was dancing with the smoke drifting across the ceiling. And I also have to think... This is crazy! They're in a nightclub... They're dancing and there's no smell, there's no flames, but there's smoke. smoke. So they could easily just think it's part of like the lighting system. Fucking hell, man, this is insane. This is actually nuts. She said she alerted her friend and then the DJ made the announcement for everyone to stay calm as the fire was under control. And it clearly was not under control. However, when their friends walked over to their seats where they had left their coats, the fire was coming down on top of them. She said the DJ made another announcement for everyone to make their way to the nearest exit and the fire was actually coming down on top of us. The roof and the ceiling started collapsing on top of us. The thick black smoke filled everywhere. The lights went out and the music stopped. She said the lights went out and they couldn't breathe. She said it was horrible. Oh my God. She said the attendees at the function taking place in the same building next door escaped but the escape of the Stardust Stardust patrons was hampered by a number of obstructions. One of the five emergency exits, uh, exit doors, most were either locked by a padlock or chains or blocked by tables or vehicles outside in order to prevent individuals sneaking in. There was plastic skips in front of one and all the windows in the pub, in the nightclub were sealed with metal grills and steel plates. The exit to the hall became an absolute bottleneck. So the actual entrance and exit became like a bottleneck of people trying to get out and everybody else trying to get out were stuck at emergency exits that they couldn't open. Sorry, this is a nightmare. The one emergency exit that they did open had got a lock around it, but it was like almost put there to make people think it was locked. It was locked, but it wasn't? No, yeah, so it wasn't locked. So that one did open. The exit hall became a bottleneck and people tried to get out and they started to trample one another. It's also pitch black and they can't see. Oh my god, what the fuck, dude? A man at the same time as this happening is making a phone call to the guard at, uh, at Dublin Castle at 1.42am and the call was terminated by the man hanging up and this is seen as like the first alarm that something is wrong in the star- Stardust. Right. It's, it, so I'll read out the call. So the call goes, Garda, hello, yes, hello. The guy's name, his name is O'Toole. He said, I'm at the Stardust Disco. Can you hear me? Guard says, yes. He says, my girlfriend's handbag is being robbed. The guard says, your girlfriend's handbag's being robbed. She says, she's the manageress in the shoe shop in Northside Shopping Centre. Wait, would you, wait now, would you Stardust? And that's what the guard says. Yes, I'm in the Stardust Disco, discotheque, and my girlfriend's bag went missing. Someone's after taking it. Can you hear me? Yes, can you hear me? Yes. And where were you? Where where were the guards we'll meet the guards say we'll meet you there okay. he says then pardon he says what's your name what's your name O'Toole then says hello and then he hears a scream in the background and there's a hang up they hang up so that's because the fire had yeah 
So the fire is first spotted by numerous external witnesses as well as a woman 200 metres away from the Stardust and she quickly calls the fire brigade. Within minutes of her call, two other calls are made from the Stardust building to inform the fire brigade that a small fire um, six inches high on a seat in the ballroom in the west section of the building has started. What? Yep. The guard from the local police station in Santry, they make their way to investigate. So the... Guard it in Dublin Castle. Yep. Ring the guard it in Santry and say... Here, will you go on out there and have a look? Will you go out and have a look? See what's going on there. <clears throat> Jim, listen. Um, Jim, and Jim they're on... Their, yeah. They're on their way f- to look after this, like, supposed bag theft. Right. As they oh, make, so that's why they're going out, for the bag theft? Yeah. They don't okay. know... because the, They don't know anything about no. the fire. Okay. Um, as they leave the police station, they can hear something. This is in Santry, right? So Santry's not that close to Kulak. But as the crow flies, it's fairly close. Okay. Right? But they can hear like a rumble, like a roar. Jesus Christ. But no other signs. Like, so they can't see a fire or anything. Like, they're really far away. And as they make their way to the stardust, they hear like a, a louder rumble. And as they get closer, they can see the plume. So they can hear the fire in the police station. Oh. But they just don't realise they're hearing a My fire. My fucking God, what the hell? Like I'll be honest, mm. I knew I knew the bare bones of this, but I didn't understand how large this place is. Yeah, how many it's people massive. Are in it. So many people in it. So the gar- as they get closer, they see the plumes of thick black smoke. A large crowd has now gathered outside the club. People at every exit and window are screaming from the inside to oh, like get us out. Oh my god, what the fuck! So they're screaming for help. People outside from the local houses bring sledgehammers, axes. They even bring tow ropes and attempt to pull the bars off with their cars and the fire brigade ties ropes to the... No, they couldn't get the bars off the wall. <clears throat> so they put... This is a bit that like got me really upset. Um, to try pull open the bars and the windows and break the locks and the chains on the emergency exits. The firemen attempted to pull off the metal bars using a chain attached to a fire engine but were unsuccessful. The failure of the lighting in the club led to widespread panic, causing mass trampling as many of the patrons instinctively ran for the main entrance. Many people mistook the entrance as for the men's toilets and the main entrance doors. When responding, the firemen located between 25 to 30 people trapped in the toilets. A survivor recounting later that in the panic, he watched people run in different directions in the pandemonium and after evaluating the building, he returned to help others evacuate before tripping and being trampled himself. As people began pouring out the exit doors, other attempted to go back in to help, <clears throat> but they got stuck or bottlenecked and they began to get trampled themselves and get caught up in the crowd, trying to get people out. As people clung to the windows, bars they begged for help so there's like video footage of them like begging and many of them become frantic and start bashing the bars or windows with their heads their arms their legs they begin screaming that they're being burned because these people didn't die of smoke inhalation because the building has enough ventilation in it to stop at and all the smoke stayed at the top of the building and they they were burned to death like they a lot of them are like badly damaged Um, we're beginning as the flames engulf the building at such a rapid rate the ambulances from Dublin Fire Brigade, the Eastern Health Board, the Dublin City Defence, the Red Cross, the Order of Malta, 
the Ambulance Corps, the St. John's Ambulance of Ireland and the Airport Fire Rescue Services are all dispatched to the scene because there's over 800 people stuck in this building. Oh, fuck me. The first fire engine responded around 1.51am. So it's like literally like 11 minutes after the fire really takes off. And they discover bodies piled on top of each other inside the door. So like the minute they walk in the door, they discover people. Oh, Sarah. Yep. Um, and the fire's still going. Like, these people just can't get out. They can't see. And, like, and no one has any breathing apparatus either. They're going in to try to pull people out. The fire brigade? Yeah. Um, especially because the fire brigade, there's only so many of them. Because Dublin's not big. This is probably, like, the biggest fire in That's history. Could have had, yeah. Um, So all the people from, like, the ambulance and the civil defence, they don't have any breathing apparatus. This is a fucking nightmare, Sarah. And the entire building's made of asbestos. Oh, Jesus, um, Mary and St. Joseph... The fire engine responded at around 1.51am. The responders discovered bodies piled on top of each other inside the door. Many ambulances left the scene carrying up to 15 casualties because there's not enough ambulances to bring people. The CIE bus service sent buses to transport injured uh, to the uh, hospitals and the local radio stations asked people in the vicinity with cars to come to the club to get people to hospital because the, the system's just so overwhelmed with the amount of people. The city hospitals are overwhelmed by the influx of injured and dying, in particular the Matter, the Jervis Street and Dr. Stevens Hospital. And you've got to think also, this is like 1981. These are burn victims and like we don't have the technology at all to deal with like the what these people are going no. through. Family members of the victims stated that there was no organisation or transport to support uh, shortly after the fire. So they they knew that their kids, and these are kids... They knew their kids were there. They knew their kids were here, so they all make way down to this nightclub. And then, obviously, most people have been taken to hospital. <laughs> and they can't get to the hospital because most of these people don't have cars. And it's the middle of the night also. Um, Imagine the panic and fear of being like, I can't find my child. It's, it's so upsetting. They're aided by taxi drivers who waved their fares for the families and were met by ill-prepared guard at the city morgue. So, like, these families were sent to the morgue to try and identify bodies. Oh my god. Local taxi men and community members flock to the area in support to get people to hospital. Mothers, fathers, siblings and friends of the missing described going from hospital to hospital. Because there's no register taken. There's so many people. Like no one's going around and trying to... Like the guards just were not prepared for the event at all. Like there was no training put in. So no... Like there wasn't a guard that went right. Obviously we need to get a register of everybody. To figure out who's in hospital. Yeah of course. So these family members were going from hospital to hospital to try find their like daughters and sons and wives yeah, and ones, yeah. yeah. Um, forty eight people went out and never came home. Forty eight people. Forty eight young people who went out that night never came home, and more than two hundred people were injured in the blaze. All of the dead are aged between sixteen and twenty eight. Half of those died. Half of those who died were aged eighteen or under. Four of them were sixteen year old, sixteen years old. Eight were seventeen years old. There were siblings, couples, and that were among the deceased. The victims came mainly from working class estates in Artane, Coolock, and Kilmore, and almost half of those who died were the fa- family's main breadwinner. Oh, this is a fucking disaster. Jesus Christ. Five of the victims had to be buried in a mass grave because they could not be identified. What? They couldn't identify them? 
No. Oh my God, Sarah, what the hell? So Jimmy Fitzpatrick was 16 when he defied medical science to survive five months of exhaustive treatment for third degree burns to his hands, arms, neck and back. He suffered the worst burns and spent the longest period in hospital hospital of all the survivors. He suffered from acute smoke and burn damage to his lungs and he came close to having his hands and arms amputated. Many bear the mental scars for that fateful night 30 years ago. Jimmy bears the physical scars and despite the subsequently escaping a house, like after this guy survived this fire, he escaped a house fire a what? bomb blast in Bambridge and a fire on board a plane. What the fuck? This <laughs> is like, what's that movie? Uh, oh, with Samuel L. Jackson. No. no, the one um where like last des- de- oh, final, final destination. destination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he remains resolutely positive and unnerved. Only a tendency to seek out nearby fire exits on fire entering. Fox a- to him, Jesus Christ. Yeah, so he he when he goes anywhere, he seeks out nearby fire exits and enters room like so. This has left like a oh, lasting effect gross. on him PTSD. to try and experience um to try and figure out a way out. He says yeah. he's become way more safety conscious, and when I go into places straight away, I map out a plan in my head. He said I've figured out several exits through different ways out the cellar, the back way. I'll I'll have surveyed it all and spotted all the exits Before in case uh, we get stuck. 30 years ago, the apprentice butcher in Super Queen on the Northside Shopping Centre, with amongst hundreds of young people who struggled in despair to escape the Starburst. Star. I called it a Starburst. We're just gonna have to We're leave just it in. We have to leave it in. Stardust Inferno. He was one of the first to escape. He's one of the first people to get out, but he goes back in to help people. Oh my god! And so he gets out, and he's he's fine. He's not injured. And he's like, I'm gonna go back in. He and grab. returns inside to help to rescue two traumatized girls who are paralyzed with fear and simply thrown towards the doors. So they get like pushed towards the doors, and he's getting out. He sees them, so he decides to go back in and help them. He said, "I was then as as he went in and got them, he tripped. Oh fuck! And at that point, the ballroom fell into darkness." And thick black smoke fell around them and people ran in different directions. He said that as they were terrified, they trampled on him and other bodies. And what was happening was that the ceiling was like melting and dripping on him. And it melted his t-shirt to his back. Um, He manages to get himself up off the ground and runs begins to ram into like um and one of the one exit doors and the chain comes loose and he gets out of the building but he's like badly badly, badly burned. yeah in the 1980s the court heard that some 25 people attempted suicide in the aftermath of the tragedy while many entered financially turbulent years because the deceased had been the eldest in the 23 cases and was the family's yeah. sole breadwinner so they had no money 35 parents were interviewed by a research psychologist in 1995 and over half were deemed to still be suffering from psychiatric problems. 28% reported that their health had deteriorated and 70% had no lessening of their feeling of loss since the tragedy. Oh, dude. So there's a lady called Mrs. McDermott. She lost three children in the fire. Um... Oh, I don't know. And she said that it doesn't matter how many children she lost, one, two or three, she spent like her entire life 
was absolutely devastated and ruined by like what had happened. Oh. So let's get into the investigation. Okay. And why some people think why this is technically deemed a murder. Yeah. Because they didn't do anything they were meant to do. No. They put hundreds of people's lives at risk. So the investigation at the time. No, this is going to make you really angry. The investigation at the time reported the fire as arson. Oh. Did the finding of arson has recently been ruled out by investigators as there was never any evidence to support the arson finding, even at the time of the tragedy. A tribunal of inquiry under Justice Ronan Keane, which would hold its first public meeting 12 days after the fire concluded in November 1981, that the fire, he stated that the fire was probably caused by arson. This finding, which has been in dispute ever since, legally exonerates the owners. Yeah, I figured that's what that... From responsibility. However, the inquiry was damning in its criticism of the safety standards. Keane also criticised the owners and management of the Stardust for recklessly dangerous practices when it was discovered that some emergency exit doors had been locked impeded on the night of the fire um, that the conclusion of the 1981 inquest was disputed by many survivors and victims because of the families who felt it lay blame so it essentially blamed the people that, that went there. there yeah like they shouldn't have been there because it wasn't safe how the fuck were they meant to know that the owners the Butterley family pursued a claim of compensation against the city because of the arson finding and were eventually awarded £580,000. The families were not able to sue anybody because it's stated in this inquiry that the owners of the building what? did not cause the fire and that it was caused by arson. Ah, Sarah. The aftermath led to a huge number of recommendations being made in relation to fire safety. Comparisons were made to the Summerland disaster of 1973 in the Isle of Man and the lessons learned in that jurisdiction. However, some basics, basic rules such as provision of fire extinguishers and fire exits being left unblocked and obviously posted, which have since been implemented, could have probably prevented many deaths if they existed at the time. Yeah, of course. Excuse me. In 1986, a separate tribunal called the Victims' Compensation Tribunal, which I read the entire thing, was headed by a judge, Donald Barrington, Solicitor Noel Smith and Barrister now Judge Hugh O'Flaherty. The focus was on monetary compensation for the victims and their families. The three men wrote an opinion after hearing testimony from survivors victims, family members and friends and co-workers which called the treatment of the victim after the fire as neglect as many had received no medical support. In 2009, four relatives of those who had died in the fire held a sit-in security, like sit-in at a security hut in government buildings. They were asking the government to publish a report that examined the need to open a new investigation into disaster. Following the above protests, the government commissioned an independent examination by Paul Coffey, SC, of the case submitted by the Stardust Victims Committee for a reopened inquiry into the Stardust fire. Due to the passage of time and the lack of physical evidence, it stated it would not be in the public interest to reopen the public inquiry, but that the public records should be altered to reflect paragraph 6.167 of the original inquiry. 
The cause of the fire is not known and may never be known. There is no evidence of accidental origin and equally no evidence that the fire was started deliberately instead of that of arson, which led to the Butterley's compensation. Following its publication, the Dáil voted on the evening of the 3rd of February 2009 to acknowledge that the arson finding was hypothetical and that none of those present at the Stardust nightclub could be held responsible for the blaze. This led to a correction of the public record and the original arson conclusion was removed as the cause. Due to there being no evidence to suggest that the fire was started maliciously, despite the clear breaches of fire safety regulations, the owners have never faced charges and have never apologised. Oh my god. Never? Nothing? Nothing. They never even put a plaque up on the building to say it happened there. The families had to raise money to make a memorial in a park. Filth. In June 2018, a campaign was launched to get as many signatures as possible on postcards to appeal to the Attorney General of Ireland to finalise the coroner's report on the deaths of the 48 young people who were killed in the fire. On the 25th of September 2019, the Attorney General confirmed that fresh inquests will be held into the 48 deaths at the 1981 Stardust fire. In 2006, the leaseholder and manager of the Stardust at the time of the fire, Eamon Butterley, planned to reopen the premises on the site, uh, reopen the premises on the site of the Stardust on its 25th anniversary. What is wrong with these sociopaths? Described as insensitive, these actions... Beyond. Yeah. These actions occasioned protests by the victims' families and their supporters. Their protests lasted for 10 weeks and ended when the Butterley family agreed to erect a memorial on site. This is 2006, it's 25 years after it's happened. And changed the name of the pub from the Silver Swan to the Artane House. The name the Silver Swan was the name of the pub attached originally to the nightclub okay. and was rejected by the protesters. This is just like the next one I'm going to tell you is just like I thought it was interesting. So in July 1985, Irish folk singer Christy Murr was this, found yeah. guilty of contempt of court after writing and releasing a song called They Never Came Home after the plight of the Stardust victims. Uh, seemingly damning the owners of the nightclub and the, and the government, it contained the following lines. In a matter of seconds, confusions did reign. The room was in darkness. The fire exits were chained. And hundreds of children are injured and maimed. And all just because the fire exits were chained. He's right. Yeah. That's the fact. Because it appeared to imply the obstruction of the exits were solely responsible for the deaths and injuries, the song was banned and removed from the Ordinary Man album. Isn't that crazy? It has it it appeared on, and as the album had just been released, it had to be withdrawn from circulation, reissued with another song. Um, early versions of the album are considered rare and collectible. The lyrics of the songs are still banned in Ireland and deemed as libelous. However, a live recording of the song available in on the collection. I'm not going to read out the name of his album. Um, <laughs> the song was played for 10 weeks over and over again outside the Silver Swan as part of the protest uh, when he wanted to reopen the pub. It was played every night from 6pm until 8pm. I love this. While the families and supporters tea, demonstrated on front of the filling station. The song was re- 
repeatedly played so long that three tapes failed <laughs> and then they brought down a CD player and that was played so long for eight days that it stopped working and then resorted to an MP3 player being connected to an <laughs> amplifier which lasted the entire duration of the protest. Fair fucks to you lads. And nothing's happened since. Nothing else. No. The fact that these and motherfuckers like, got 580 grand. Got 580,000 euros. And then tried to reopen the pub yeah. On the anniversary of... Well, they tried to reopen it a couple of times before that. Has it been reopened since, Sarah? Yeah, it's called the Artane House. It's there, is it? I think so. Like, imagine... I, first of all, I, I knew about this, but I did not know the extent, which is bad on my behalf, as to what these people went through and how people died like I wasn't aware, Sarah yeah, no, it's so hard. That's horrific. Jesus, Mary and St. Joseph, that's fucking... And the fact that those motherfuckers who blocked... Who blocked the entrances. Yeah. And chained the entrances. And then had... Had not only that, had a room that wasn't on the planning permission, full of flammable material, that got caught fire. How the fuck... Listen. Obviously, these people were incredibly wealthy. And... Oh my god! They got like so the value. Sorry, I'm just trying to figure out what five hundred and eighty thousand. Oh, what it would have been? It's worth like nearly like three million. Jesus Christ! That's beyond. Like I didn't. I'm. I feel shitty that I didn't know this. Like I feel like I should have known what this is. It's uh, one, but it's one of those things that like I I, sh- I should have feel like I should have been aware of um. I think it's just always been there, but, like, it happened... My mum said that the night it happened that, like... She said, like, it was just... Because my mum and dad would have been there. My mum and dad would have went there. There's a, a young woman who's orphaned. Her Both of her parents were there. And they were both in the Fuck. competition. I just um, feel like I should know these things and I don't know these things. And it's just horrific. And, like, these these families got like so there's multiple people who have since died of lung cancer oh for fuck well this is all because of the asbestos, asbestos. that was in the building yeah, 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 yeah. The building. multiple people have died from lung cancer multiple people have um either attempted or succeeded in committing suicide um fuck dude there is the the people who i think the a campaign is called the 48 truth or the truth 48 we'll put a link up to it but they're all of the family members that were impacted or lost um like it was just a, it was so sloppy there's one woman who spent up until 2006 her uh brother was in that mass grave with five other people because they said they couldn't identify identify his body but he had a dental plate so they could have and in 2006 when they like oh they identified through, him yeah but it was like he was the only person out of the five that had a dental plate and she said my brother had a, a dental, dental plate and they were like oh no like none of these like it melted but the coroner's report Ugh. said that this body had a dental plate so they left him in an un like an unmarked grave an unmarked grave and she was like as if he didn't exist and she's like that's my brother and she's like uh, like in 1981 and then in 2006 because of DNA they exhumed them all and then it, when they did that that she got the original coroner's report and it was like he's a dental plate and I said he has a dental plate he could have been in his own grave and you can absolutely tell the fact that these 
kids and these people were from working class. Oh, they're families. from working class families. They did. They not had care. no money. They did not care. No. These these this government did not care. The judge did not care. These butterly whatever the fuck people did not care. Clearly, these very wealthy people who own this building were in cahoots with the government, and mm. I've no doubt that that's what was going on there. But if that was a bunch of high, upper class rich, if this happened over on uh, D four, if this happened to politicians' children. That motherfucker wouldn't have a penny. He yeah. his he the house would have been taken over his head. But because this happened to a bunch of working class people just trying to enjoy a night out from the little amount of money that they did fucking make, yeah. they just dumped these people in fucking unmarked graves. Yeah. And even when their families went to the morgue, there was like no work. So they were like, they couldn't this tell if they were in the hospital, and they couldn't tell if they were in the morgue. So the families were going to the morgue, and they were showing them bodies. Oh my god, dude! What the fuck? To be like, is this, this isn't your... that long ago? No. To be like, is this your? Is this someone? Is this your loved one? And they were going, no, but I don't know because like this, but like these people were destroyed, traumatized. This is but also PTSD. like these bodies were destroyed. Like they weren't. Like the images are devastating. Oh, oh Jesus Christ! Um, like the, the. Pictures we'll put up shows the complete like this building was gutted, engulfed, engulfed. Like there was no like you could see the fire from like two hundred meters well, away. If, if those guards could hear the rumbling, hear the of, rumble it of it from the Santry Guard five station, five eighty-five gallons of like cooking, cooking oil, oil in the ceiling, and the whole building's made of fucking asbestos. Um, and just a foot like the but, when people were talking about like so as one of the women who I listened to said that because obviously all the they were trying to get out of the windows but the windows are barred Bars. in but all of the people and the windows aren't very big but they're all like up on the windows screaming for help trying to get people to get them out and people imagine were, seeing that not well, that's it, and people were outside and they were like desperately frantically trying to get them out of buildings so like even like to try and like pull the grates off the the windows. windows and they couldn't do anything no. they basically built that building and left it that it was impossible to get out of if something happened yeah and they got five hundred and eighty thousand pounds yeah and these poor people who not only the 48 people that died the amount of people who are utterly 200 people injured and like that, the amount of people that are utterly traumatized from this mm. and the families that have lost people and these motherfuckers got five hundred and eighty thousand pounds mm. It clearly was not arson. It was clearly shoddy workmanship. They said so. The original, and I think I said it in the above, in the in the top. The original was. Uh, um, some people saw a fault in like a sock up on the top floor. Yeah, clearly that's what a fault was. Far. Like I don't believe for a second that electricity was done properly in this place. If everything else wasn't up to code and the place was fucking a death trap. Yeah. But it was a death trap for poor people, Sarah. Yeah. So who cares? Yeah. Um those poor poor people thank you for telling me that because I did not know all of that at all and I should have and you did a great job thank you but it's incredibly sad it is a really sad is there like I wonder is there like um, a charity a charity or something we could give towards we'll have a look and we'll put it up on our page if, if we uh, if we find something that we can help <sighs> dude that's not that long ago no that's not long ago at all. Like, and here's the thing, right? And I'm going to sound like a fucking health and safety nut. No, right? but, this, but you know what I'm like. Yeah. When we go to hotels, I figure you out. Got, how, yeah, you figure out how to get I out. Figure and out stuff. how we're going to get out. I figure out this terrorist attack. <laughs> like, I've got Sarah it. Sarah has it all figured out before. <laughs> but it's the same in the building I run. I know. You have to. Like, you, you have to be responsible to. for people. Like, and it's not even the fact that you're going to get 
done like or whatever it's the fact that people can die and that's the thing it's like that's when I say beyond fucked up holy shit man like when I was leaving work this evening we had a power outage on the outside right and we had no lights on the in the car park yeah I didn't leave until I was able to get an electrician out to fix them because my fear was that someone would drive back to Sai it's pitch black in the middle of the night exactly and have an accident and I get that so how could you like like leave a building and leave chains on your fire exits and I know that we know more now and we're more aware but but like like, that's your fire exits existed at the time sense it's like if there's going to be a fire we have to make sure they were more concerned with people getting in for free Mm. than they were for the safety of 800 fucking people in a nightclub yeah like uh, fuck those people fuck every single one of them I'm oh man yeah we'll have a look and see if there's a charity or something we can put up a link to help or I don't even know there is a there is a group like of families okay um, members that are all together and we can help financially Um, can we yes they're called the the truth postcards or the postcards that they've asked for that they want people to like write to the attorney general but the attor- attorney general has said that they're opening up the, the um, reopening investigation, the investigation again um well if there's i'm gonna write one of this i'm gonna help write one of those postcards if i can because i don't know like i have to you have to do something like that's fucking horrific um those poor people because you know what <laughs> once again my education on everything really in the ears that's funny because I watched an episode before of Reeling in the Years when this was going on. This was only a couple of years ago, and I wasn't absolutely not aware of the the atrocity that happened. No, and I don't think people because you hear fire and you're like, oh, that's awful, a fire, and then you realise, uh, these people were basically killed. Oh, and that's like the whole thing. So people were like, no, they were killed, right? So like the negligence of that family that owned Absolute this property negligence. and the uh, inability to manage that property effectively and correctly meant that these people died. Yeah. But the arson thing was like, well, it was one of you. Oh, one of you little scumbags that yeah. are coming into our club and we're going to... Uh, it's absolute classism. Like, um, It's absolute like that's, that's a That's like a perfect case of rich people... Uh, using poor people to make money hmm. and then not caring if yeah. they die like because you've made me the money that I need yeah. and I'm going to go get 580 grand but that's like remember that fire in New York the shirt girl the yeah 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 the oh, I know it's shock about um, the shirt company the they made more money off those yeah, dead girls it's fucked up everything is messed up and triangle the, or triangle something triangle shirt fire fa- gonna, shirt factory fire yes um, everything is set up in the world to benefit the rich and obliterate the poor that's just and on that note happy Christmas happy Christmas guys um, <laughs> no seriously that was great Sarah I didn't know any of this we will put up links to any way that you can help these poor people that uh, Jesus Mary, I don't even know um, Triangle Shirt Waste Factory Fire. That's the one. Which was in what year? 1911. Uh, the stir uh, dust happened in 1981. God. Star dust. Yeah. Not dust. You've gone from burst <laughs> to dust to dust. Oh. We've tried. We've tried. I've done a lot today. She's had a long, she's had a long week. She's had a long week. Um, Leave her alone, right? Yeah. 
Right? I'm just crying. Look right at my now. little bastard of a cat. Look at this shit. Oh Jesus! Get the fucking arm off me. She's bad. Bruised. Um, She's bruised. She's bruised. Yeah, I don't. I'm on an absolute downer now. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> fuck me. If you've oh. got like some time, you should all watch Reading the Ears. Do 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 do. Colin, do a song with this. Do 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 do. Best part of that song goes. Here, do you know what was on telly last night? What? Anyone who's not from Ireland will not care about this. <laughs> a fucking documentary about Jerry Ryan. Jerry Ryan? Yeah. Oh, what was it? What was it like? Like about the fact that he. Yes. What a fucking tune. What year did this song come out? This is a great tune. This is a great song. Um, and yeah if you've got some time in your hands watch Reeling in the Years on YouTube yes because um, it is a great show and it uh, has great music up until uh, the mid 2000s <laughs> um, and then it just stops <laughs> having great music um, yeah they had a documentary on fucking Jerry Ryan right? right talking about him as if he was like a right right that's it right so they were talking about him as if he was like a broadcast genius <laughs> As if he incre- like They love as, the Jerry they As did. if he developed the radio waves. <laughs> right? Jerry Ryan actually physically created the radio. And then they were like talking about so then again, obviously Jerry Ryan died of a heart attack, but he had cocaine in the system. A lot of cocaine in and body. people were like uh, all of his friends, like Joe Duffy. Joe Duffy, talk to Joe, talk to, talk Joe. to Joe. Yeah. He yeah. was like, I I got taken into the manager's office in RTE and he told me that Jerry had cocaine in his system and I cried because I knew this would sully his reputation. He was doing coke! <laughs> and he had, they are. Now, Joe, is are all doing coke. Oh, and this Let's the, not pretend. This was the one line in the entire thing. I knew he was doing coke, but I don't do it. Who said that? All of them! All of them! <laughs> Every single one of them. Just throwing Jerry under the yeah. fucking bus. Every single one of them. I knew he had a problem with coke. Fiona, Lo- Fiona Looney, who used to be on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I've kn- never done coke. I life. knew he had a cocaine. I problem. thought it was Coca Cola. That's how much I didn't yeah. do coke. I knew he had a cocaine problem, but uh, I thought he had stopped it. <laughs> Sorry. His girl. His his daughter had a baby the other day. Lottie. Lottie. Yeah. I used to go at work with a girl that was good friends with her and she said she was lovely. She does seem nice. Although during night last night I when it was on, because Graham could tell I was getting wound up. <laughs> Right. You're taking I, it all oh, very personally. Right? I was like, because they were talking about, you know, it's like that thing when someone like who's comes from like a certain part of Dublin yeah, yeah, yeah. or a certain part of anywhere. Yeah. Like, because they've got money and come from good families, then they're not allowed to die from a drug No, they're not allowed. And if they do, it's like a two it's hour like documentary yeah. about them right? on the television. And I was like, what? Do you remember that um, model as well that died? Oh, fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's an Irish model. I remember her. And she died. And it was all over the it newspapers was everywhere. for weeks and weeks yeah, and weeks. it was everywhere. But like, Ireland at the time still is, but at the time was being like torn apart by drug abuse. By drug abuse. I yeah. come from an area where people were, mar- like families were marching on drug dealers' houses, houses yeah. because the police the guards didn't care no they didn't give a fuck they didn't care because no. they were poor people and yeah. they were killing themselves and Literally they were doing like they were doing the guards a favour dust dust yeah um, and so last night when we were watching it I was getting more and more wound up and Graham could look at me <laughs> I was looking at me 
right? And we weren't wa- like, what happened is like we are actually watching the bodyguard, and I was slagging it. <laughs> so you just turned it over. <laughs> so I turned it over. And were you trying Ryan to pull on. apart the bodyguard, right? A fucking point. Doesn't like, make any sense. Do you know sense. what? No, it wasn't even that. It doesn't make any sense. And I'm moving off topics now. But here's the other thing, right? Who finds Kevin Costner attractive? Yeah, no, I didn't get that. Especially Whitney Houston's so beautiful. At any point in his life, someone who's listening to this podcast needs to write into me and explain what the you Kevin find Costner attractive thing. about Kevin Costner. Yeah. He looks like a da. He does look like a da. He looks like a da standing outside a pub. He does. Going to the bookies. He looks like also looks like a da who's brought his son to GAA on a Sunday. Yeah. Worst haircut. Not attractive. I all. couldn't understand it. <laughs> but that song, Queen of the Night, great song. Great song. Also, I remember when Jerry Ryan died and I was like, oh, sad. I was really shocked that there was cocaine in the system. And I don't know why. I was like, really? We're not on coke. Or do you need to have him? We're super reliable. Is that your RT? We're like, hey guys, it's Monday. It's 9.15am. Over to the news. Yeah, and I'm like, hey guys, it's Monday. What's going on? What did you do this weekend? Do you know what I did this weekend? A great big bag of coke. (laughs) Can't wait to get my two hour documentary when I die. Hey, (laughs) guys. Have we ripped apart everybody? I don't know. Have we created enough libel for ourselves? Part a few more people if you want. Those two, those two, they're awful human beings. Are they? Oh my god, Walter Beckett and Donald Fagan. Why are they awful human beings? Do you know what? I let them away with it for that one tune. No, I let them away with it for loads of tunes. Yeah, you like them. I love Steely Dan. Mind me of them. When I had very random happy times in my childhood. Steely Dan is a dildo, a metal dildo. She is a dildo. She loves they were the, the original dildo. <laughs> <laughs> they were the actual original lyrics of that song. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas, everyone. Everybody wear a mask. Be nice. If Don't you're getting a vaccine, get the vaccine. Don't do coke. Well, if you want to do coke, do coke. But just like, anticipate that you might die. <laughs> That's so plain and simple. <laughs> Being a jerk, and you gotta find a murder that you haven't done before. But you'd rather buy some chocolate and cry a little more. See, we've run out of ideas.